Hallelujah. He's worthy of our praise. Amen. If you're comfortable in doing so, just lift your hands right now. Father, we honor you right now. We exalt you. We bless you. As the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Father, we honor your presence at this time. God, we just stop everything right now just to let you know how much we love you. God, just to bless you and honor you and lift up the name of Jesus. We honor you today, Lord. We give you praise and glory in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You may be seated if you would like. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. sound guys I'm probably going to work you a little bit this morning I have a bunch of scriptures I'm going to read so I just ask you to go with me when I call one out put it up on the screen I apologize for not getting you a list earlier but just work with me today amen if you have your Bibles turn with me to Genesis chapter 1 Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 28 a very familiar passage of scripture that we're going to read this morning. Genesis chapter 1. If you have to search for Genesis, you got bigger problems. Especially Genesis chapter 1. Open up your Bible and you're there. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. When you have it, say amen. If you are looking for Genesis, still hold, just hang your head. Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Verse 28 is where we're going to focus today. And God blessed them. Somebody say, God blessed them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Father, thank you for your word. Bless the reading of your word today. Anoint these lips of clay, God, that I can speak what thus saith the Lord to your people. God, help us to all have open hearts and open minds today. And we ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Thank you. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. I want to preach to you this morning on the thought blessed. Blessed. And I don't normally say this. But I believe today that if you get a hold of what I'm about to preach to you. And the revelation that I'm about to give you, that it could literally change your life. And I, I don't say that a lot, but I believe that this message today can be life-changing. So I asked you not to turn me off. Don't be busy on your cell phone or worried about what's going on with lunch. Don't be distracted by what's going on around you. But hear the word of the Lord today. Um, because I believe with all of my heart that this is a life-changing message and that's why you'll understand towards the end of the service why I'm doing things a little different today. But I do ask you to stay with me. And sound guys, get ready. Blessed. Today we're going to talk about something that is an extremely touchy subject among everybody and especially in the body of Christ. You say, oh my goodness, Pastor, what are you fixing to preach about? Something that we don't preach about a whole lot. But I'm about to preach about money. 
Some of you already said, oh, Lord, here we go. Money is a touchy subject, especially in the church. Well, Pastor, why is it such a touchy subject in the church? Because many have been taken advantage of. Many uh, have been taken advantage of and used and abused about money in the church. And it brings an offense. And one thing you must understand is when you get offended, anything that is said about you brings an offense. Let me break that down. Vicky's in here today, and I'm going to use her. <laughs> she can't say nothing about it or I'll fire her. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> just a joke, y'all. God. Anyway, if Vicky gets offended at me, then no matter what I say, she's going to take it as an offense. And, and, if, and if not careful, whoever Vicky goes and talks to will buy into her offense and make it their own, and whatever I say to them, they get offended about it. So what has happened down through the years is so many scoundrels in the pulpits have taken advantage of God's people when it comes to money with their gimmicks. It is not scriptural to say if you sow $39 a month for the next 12 months, God, show me the scripture. Okay? And we have had men and women stand in the pulpits and they have raped the body of Christ. When it comes to money, so many people are offended when you start talking about money from the pulpit because the first thing that goes in their mind is that preacher just wants money. But let me go ahead and tell you something. God don't need your money. God don't want your money. God has no reason for your money because God owns everything already. So money is a tool that God uses to bless us. So let me help you today <laughs> Many have been taught incorrectly how to give. There is a difference in sowing and throwing. Sowing is when you plant in good ground. Throwing is when you just throw it and hope something's going to grow. Sowing is when you sow into the kingdom of God and you believe for a harvest. Throwing is when you put a $100 bill in the gambling machine and you hope it's going to hit. Throwing is when you try to buy a blessing. Woo! Oh, I'm going to give you this prayer cloth, but it's reserved for the first 10 people that sow $100. Y'all have heard that before. I'm going to get some hate mail, but it's all right. I'm tired of people being offended at giving when giving is the very thing that can change your life. And I'm going to prove it to you today. Are y'all ready for this? I'm about to bust. I can't be still. <laughs> Money's a touchy subject. Uh, sound guys, get me third John and two up there. Money's a touchy subject because so many people are offended. There's so many gimmicks out there. Oh, if you do this, God's going to bless you. If you do this, God's going to bless you. Oh, I need five people to give $1,000 today and revival's going to hit the church. That's hogwash. Revival will hit the church if, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Honey, you can't buy revival. You can't buy a blessing. It comes by a consecrated life to God and doing what thus saith the Lord. And then it puts you in the place that God can open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you have room enough not to contain. Amen. Third John chapter 2. Come on, guys. Beloved, I'll just read it. <laughs> Y'all get it in a minute. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may as what? That you may as what? Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be, come on, in health, even as your soul prospers. Beloved, I wish above all things, watch this, that you may prosper. Now, if you think you got to be broke, crippled, and crazy to serve God, you are not going to like this message. If you are against prosperity, you are not going to like this message. 
But you cannot show me in the scripture where God says you have to be broke to serve him. Oh, well, I just got to stay humble and be content. Now, where does it say be content to be broke? People are broke because we hadn't been taught how to give. I knew I wouldn't get a whole lot of amens in certain parts. Watch this. Beloved, I wish above all things that I may as prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. This is why I'm a healing preacher. I believe in healing. I believe in healing. I stood in a house the other night for five hours with a lady with a 38 cocked pointed at her chest with her thumb on the trigger saying, please don't kill yourself. Please don't kill yourself. And she said, I'm just hurting so bad and they can't do nothing for me. And the Holy Ghost rose up in me and I said, but God can heal you. I said, God can turn it around for you. And after five hours of talking to her, can I tell you something? She handed the weapon over and went and got the help that she needed. Let me tell you something. Hey, I'm a healing preacher. I believe that God can heal even a mind that's twisted that makes somebody want to harm themselves. <laughs> I'm a healing preacher. I'm a prosperity preacher. I believe that we are supposed to be blessed. Now, I don't believe that you're supposed to sit around and pray for pennies from heaven. I believe you're supposed to do your part and let God bless it. It's all right. You already got me sweating this morning. He said, beloved, I wish that all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So what he's saying is that when you prosper and you're in health, this is in conjunction or parallel with your soul. Now your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You cannot prosper in your relationships. You cannot prosper in your life. You can't prosper in your business. You can't prosper outside until you have learned how to prosper internally. And a lot of people want all the blessings on the outside, but their inside is still a mess. We got to learn how to prosper internally before we can ever prosper externally. So until you get to the place where you can manage your emotions, uh-oh, where you can manage your thoughts, where you can manage your life, till you get to that place where you can manage yourself, whew, you're not going to see it managed outside of yourself. That makes sense. Y'all stay with me. I'm going to show you some stuff today. So as you prosper in the way you handle yourself, then your life will take on the same prosperity. Are y'all tracking? I haven't said that in a while. Watch this. There are things that have to happen in you before they can happen around you. And when your soul prospers, then your economy, your money will prosper. When your soul prospers, then your economy prospers. That's what he said. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. In other words, he said, I want it for you, but I want it to parallel what's happening inside of you. So many people want the blessing on their life. They want the money. They want this. But on the inside, they're mean and nasty and ugly. And they wonder why it's not happening. But the Word of God tells us that that will happen as your soul happens. So what is around you is a reflection of what's inside of you. Ooh. If you are broke on the outside, probably means you broke on the inside. Whew. This is all right. And it is hot up in here. I thought, man, I should be preaching on hell this morning. Golly. So when your soul prospers, then your economy will prosper. 
Why else do you think God named himself Jehovah Jireh? The God who provides. Why else did he name himself El Shaddai? Which means the God of more than enough. Why would God name himself these things if he took pleasure in your suffering economy? Ooh. Well, it's just God's will for me to go through this season. Show me. Mm. <laughs> well, what about Job, Pastor? Well, Job had money to start with. You, you broke and then talking about God's wills for you to stay broke. Job was the greatest man in the East. And then when he come out of it, he lived 120 years with double what he had to start with. We talk about Job. Oh, Job went through it. That lasted nine months. But nobody wants to preach about 120 years he lived in double. Why? Because that don't feed our need to have something to blame our lack of faith on. We, we love crutches in the church. Oh, I don't go to church because so-and-so hurt me. That's a crutch. God never hurt you. God's never left you nor forsook you. I don't go to church because I don't like the way they do music. That's a crutch. Come on. I don't go to church because that preacher just don't, just don't excite me. That's a crutch. Amen. I don't go to church because he don't make me shout. You should be able to shout without nobody making you shout. When your baby scores a goal, you shout. That grandbaby scores a goal, you shout. Amen. Your favorite song comes on the radio, you're like, oh, that's my jam. Nobody prodded you, nobody pushed you, but when we come to church and somebody's lifting up the name of Jesus, we're like, They just don't do it for me. I'm not getting fed at that church. You don't get fed if you don't show up when it's feeding time. Ain't been to church on a Wednesday in three years. Well, I don't get fed there. Well, you're going to show up when it's feeding time. Thank you, Brother John. Watch this. Why would God name himself these things if he took pleasure in being, us being in poverty or suffer economically. God named himself things that are characteristic of himself. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Elohim. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is Jehovah Sitkindu. He is Jehovah Enkadesh. He is Jehovah Sabbath. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Roah. That's why we have the names of God around the sanctuary of our church because we want God to be God in this place and be the God that he gave himself the attributes that he is the Lord of peace. He is our righteousness. He is our our banner he is our healer and that's why we got his names around this building because we expect him to be who he said he would be hallelujah y'all get me Luke 16 and 11 watch this God didn't name himself these things if he oh I'm gonna be all right with you suffering and you going through that's not God's plan come on guys Luke 16 and 11 Watch this. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. Do you know what mammon is? Money. Okay. Watch this. I'm going to get all in your cookie jar today. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Y'all ready for this? Y'all buckle your seatbelt and say, hang on, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told the disciples, he said, everything that I did and even greater things will you do after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He said, you will lay hands on the sick and they recover. He said, you'll cast out demons. He'll say, you'll raise the dead. Can I tell you something? That is true riches. 
the power of God operating in your life is true riches. Okay? Ooh. But notice what he said right here in this verse. And folks ask me all the time, why don't we see signs and wonders? Why don't we see miracles? Why don't we see all these things happen in the church anymore? Verse 16 tells you why. Luke 16 and 11 tells you why. Let me read it again. If therefore you have not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, who will commit to your trust true riches? In other words, God said if you can't be faithful in your money, then how can I trust you with true riches? So in other words, the reason that we don't see the signs and the wonders and the miracles like we should is because God can't trust us with it because we can't even be faithful to pay our tithes. Woo! I know we don't want to hear that. We want balls of fire and clouds of lightning, but we don't want to open up our wallet. You're not buying a, a, a miracle. You're not buying signs and wonders. You're just being obedient to what God has commanded. Let me move on. Notice God said, I can't give you the real stuff if you can't handle this stuff. He said, I can't give you the real stuff if you can't handle this stuff. If I can trust you if I can't trust you with material resources, how can I trust you with spiritual resources? Oh, pastor, I want to see revival. But don't ask me to give God my money. Don't ask me to give God my time. Don't ask me to put God first. Oh, we need revival. And it ain't happening, we need a new worship leader. We want revival and it ain't happening, we need a new pastor. That's the way a lot of folks think. Ask any pastor that's been wounded by a church. Let me tell you something, pray for pastors. Because they get cut and wounded and they have to bleed privately. Because when you bleed publicly, it is like a, uh, an attractant to those that want to devour you. We, we bleed privately. Let me move on. He said, if I can't trust you with material resources, how can I trust you with resources spiritually? In other words, if you can't even do the little things that I ask of your resources, then how can I trust you? God is asking us in this verse how can I trust you if you can't even be faithful over the little things? It's quiet in here, but that's all right. Y'all listen to me. The way you handle your money is the test for things like power, for things like anointing, for things like glory, for things like the presence of God. I just proved it to you. You can't argue with the word of God. How you handle your resources, your own economy, is the test if God can trust you with more. Oh, I want to lay hands on the sick and they recover. You better learn how to give. You better learn how to, that God can trust you with what he's given you. Oh, pastor, I need God to bless me with another job. Let me tell you something. If you won't pay tithes on $100, what makes God think you're going to pay tithes on $1,000? It has gotten quiet in the house, but that's all right. That's why preachers don't preach on money because it gets them run off. But I have a J-O-B and going to keep a J-O-B. Amen? Because I will never not preach what God told me to preach because I'm worried they're going to take my check. I give my tithes. Whether the church takes my check or not, God will open up windows of heaven and pour out blessings on me. Why? Because it's a promise in God's word. I will never be intimidated by losing my job. Amen? 
I like my check though. Y'all don't y'all don't take it. My kids like to eat. <laughs> so I'm not saying you can take it back. <laughs> the way you handle your money or your economy is the test for the glory. We see so little of the real stuff. And people come to me all the time saying, Preacher, why don't we see it? Why don't we see the real stuff? Well, I want to see demons cast out. I want to see somebody come into this church in a wheelchair and leave walking. I want to see these things. And people say, we, we see so little of it. Because we continually fail the test of the natural. Preacher, I can't afford to pay tithes. You can't afford not to pay tithes. Well, I'm going to just give. I had somebody tell me one day that was a pastor that said, I don't believe in paying tithes. This is what the pastor told me. I don't believe in paying tithes. He said, I believe that it's not scriptural. I'm like, what Bible are you reading? And he said, I believe that people are supposed to just give what God laid on their heart. Let me tell you something. If a lot of people gave what they felt like they should give, they'd put a buck in the plate. I'm old school. I went to church where if you had a five, you made change and got four ones out of the plate. That is so ratchet. If you have to make change in the offering plate, just give it to God. Don't you dare make change in the offering plate when it comes by. I'm going to talk about you. <laughs> Do not make change in the offering plate. Let me move on. If you need change, see Clyde after church. Privately, but not in the offering plate as it passes by. Lord have mercy. But we see so little. We see so little of the real stuff. Because we fail the test on the natural stuff. Let me tell you something. The spirit can't get to you if the natural's not right. Say that again. 1 Corinthians 15, you don't have to pull that one. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, first is the natural, then what? First is the natural, then the spiritual. It's in your Bible, 1 Corinthians 15. Watch this. This is God's protocol. 1 Corinthians 15, first the natural, then the spiritual. God starts natural, then comes the spiritual. Whatever you bind on earth is bound where? Whatever you loose on earth is loosed where? It means the natural has to be in order first for the spiritual to come. So if we are not lining up with God in our natural, we can forget the spiritual. But we want the spiritual, want the spirit, want the spirit, but we don't want to naturally line up with it. God has a protocol. God has an order. And if we are out of order, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, if we are out of order, then we can't expect for the good to come. Hello? Hello? If your children are continually rebelling against you, are you going to do everything you can for them? Mm -mm. Give me your phone. Give me your car keys. You're grounded from everything except breathing. I have grounded my children from everything but breathing. Why? Because it... They don't have to like me, but they're going to respect me. God didn't call me to be their friend. Hey? Amen? I got friends, but they ain't staying at my house and eating my groceries. Amen? You can come over, but you got to go home. Y'all do your head like this. Amen? Watch this. We must understand. I hope y'all still with me this morning. We must understand, because I'm going to show you some stuff that is amazing in just a minute. We're gonna, we must understand that the natural is first, then the spiritual. Now let's go to Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verse 28 says, And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Dr. Miles Monroe, who has went on to be with the Lord, said that was the dominion mandate of the Bible. That was the dominion mandate. 
I'm going to show you some stuff. I can't wait. That was the dominion mandate. The dominion mandate never changed even though Adam fell. Why? <laughs> the dominion mandate was always there. Adam lost it, but Jesus restored it. I'm going to show you some stuff. Adam lost it, but Jesus, Jesus restored it. And God said to them, he said, God bless them. This is the dominion mandate. This is the dominion mandate. Be fruitful. Fruitful is to bear fruit or be productive. We are to be productive. We are not supposed to sit around on the couch eating Cheetos expecting God to do everything. Be productive. I have a nice house and nice vehicles. Guess what? I work three jobs. Why? Because I don't want to just carry the title of full-time pastor and eat baloney. Just to say, oh, I'm in the ministry full-time. I had a dude show up at the bank one day when I was working at the bank and said, I've been operating a ministry for 32 years, and God spoke to me and said, you were going to pay my light bill. I said, God ain't told me nothing. That happened. Same preacher come up to me a while back and said, I'm going to con conference, and God knows how much money you got in your pocket, so you're going to sow a seed. And I said, yeah, God knows how much, and it ain't none of your business. Get to stepping. Why? Because God never gave us a platform to beg for money. If a preacher uses his platform to beg for money, he probably was never intended to have a platform. Last time I said that, I got rebuked. Somebody, I started getting all kind of hate on Facebook. But if a preacher has to use his platform to beg for money, he probably should have never had a platform. I'm sorry. If that strikes a nerve, it just strikes a nerve. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Be fruitful. Next thing God said is multiply. Multiply means to increase or to prosper. Watch this. Fill the earth. That means occupy it. And have dominion, that means rule your world. Can I show you something that many of us look over? This is the first words that God ever spoke to man. We love to go around and pull scriptures and beat people over the head with them. So it'll fit into our denomination. And many times that scripture is taken out of context. Because some people want to live under the law, but still under grace at the same time, and it's impossible. When the Gentiles started getting saved, Peter said they got to be circumcised. Paul stood up and openly rebuked Peter and said they don't need to be circumcised because if they take part of the law, they have to take all the law. So there are people today inside the body of Christ that are still wanting to live under part of the law. I have people come to me all the time. Well, it says this in Leviticus, and it says this in Numbers, and it says this in Deuteronomy. And I said, that's the law. If you want to live under that, go get you a goat and take it to a priest and let him cut his throat. And quit coming to church and praying. And when your wife back talks, you take her out and stone her. When your kids act up, you take them out and stone them. Mm -hmm. If a woman uncovers her face in public, take her out and kill her. Come on. Women are to be silent in the church. If that was still the case, we wouldn't have nobody to work in the church. Come on. Some of the stuff that we get so hung up on. Oh, a woman ain't supposed to dress pertaining to a man. They all wore dresses back then, men and women. And I don't want to see a man in a pair of chick jeans. If it is, I'm going to talk about him. I seen a dude the other day in a pair of capris. I talked about him. <laughs> 
bad. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> Please don't come around me. No capris, guys. Oh, man. Let me move on. This, but we, and, and I wasn't chasing a rabbit. Watch this. The stuff what I was just saying is what we focus on. Well, God said this, and God said this. This was God's first words to mankind. Then mankind goes on, and in the last book of the New Testament, I mean the Old Testament, in Malachi, what did Jesus talk to him about? Bring your tithe into the storehouse. After Malachi, God was silent for 400 years. There is 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. Let me tell you something. God said it in the beginning. God said it in the end. And then he was quiet for 400 years. Don't you think it's important? This was God's first words to mankind. Be fruitful. Multiply. Subdue it. Replenish the earth. Subdue it and replenish the earth. He didn't mean one family. You already got six kids and you can't take care of them. Quit having kids. Get you a TV. This done got quiet in the house. <laughs> I'm going to have to start borrowing some social security numbers to follow my taxes. We don't, yes, you do. Let me move on. Watch this. This was God's first command to mankind. We are out of order when we are not doing this. I told you a while ago about God's order. We are out of order when we're not being fruitful. We're not multiplying. We're not having dominion. We're not replenishing the earth, subduing the earth. We are out of order when we're not doing this. When we're not operating according to this. But none of this was possible without those first four words. Somebody read that. And God, God what? God blessed them. None of that was possible until the blessing came. Watch this. Nothing happened until the blessing was given. None of the fruitful, the multiplying, having dominion, none of that was possible until the blessing was given. The blessing of God is not transactional. Tithe and offering is not transactional. Get that through your heads that if you give God a 20, God's going to give you a 50. That is not what tithe and offering is designed for, but it is what has been taught inside the body of Christ. That if we're having some kind of transaction with God, God, if I give you my last 20, you're going to give me 50. God, if I give you my last 100, you're going to give me 1,000. And we have made tithe and offering transactional. And it's not. It's not. Well, I'm going to just give my tithes so God will bless me. I need a new car. I'm going to sew a new car, a, a used car to so-and-so. And God will give me a new car. It's transactional. It's not what tithe and offering was meant for, but it's what's been taught. It is not about money. It's never been about money. And God don't need your money. Let me go ahead and help you with that. It's not about money. It's never been about money. God don't want or need our money. God gave us money to teach us how to operate in something greater. Why did God choose money? Because it is the thing we're most stingy with. I was in banking and finance for 19 years. And I have had people more irate and upset over their money than I have worked as a police. You stole my money. I had somebody tell me that. Y'all taking money out of my account. 
I printed out their transaction history, and I said, no, McDonald's and Wendy's took money out of your account. And Sonic and Burger King. Mm. And Victoria's Secrets. And the Palace Casino. And the Golden Nugget. They took your money. The bank didn't take mm. Let me move on. God gave us money to teach us. Tithe and offering is God's management system to see if you can manage it properly. And it's the test for the greater things. Watch this. The material is proof to God that I can handle the spiritual. When I'm faithful with my material resources, I'm showing God I can handle spiritual things. We beg for spiritual to come while we ignore every key to the kingdom God has gave us. Oh, God, send your glory, send your glory. We sing songs, send it on down. The Holy Ghost is not an it, it's a him. In masculine form, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, they're all in masculine it's not a it. And we sang songs, send it on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. And God's sitting up in heaven going, I so poured it out on the day of Pentecost that I never have to pour it out again. It's already poured out. All you got to do is get in the place where you can receive it. Oh, pastor, we need an old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival. It'll happen when we get old-fashionedly consecrated to God. And repent and start living right and start doing right and start acting right. And start talking right. Start treating our family right. Amen. Pull up in the parking lot with your spouse going, I hate you and I hate you. And we'll finish this when we get home and then come in church and expect the fire of God to fall. Mm. The word tithe, y'all give me just a few more minutes. The word tithe in its basic form is tenth. God wants a tenth of your money. If it's not a tenth, it's not tithe. It's a tip. Well, I can't afford to give all my tithes this week. You better not. Man was asked in front of me one time, if it comes down to paying your tithes or paying your light bill, which one are you going to pay? I'm going to pay my light bill. That's why you struggle to pay your light bill. Sorry. My tithe check is the first check I write before I figure any bills. Well, I feel like I tithe properly. Get your giving statement. At the end of the year. And then look at your W-2. And if your W-2 says you made 60000 and your tithe said you gave 3000 what's wrong? How much should your giving statement say if you made 60000 6000 Come on, guys. This is basic math. Well, I just don't tithe on everything I make. But I want revival. Y'all making me sweat like a pregnant nun. <laughs> That's sweating if you don't know what that is. Some of y'all get that later. <laughs> tithe. Tithe is a tenth. Okay, watch this. God put something on Adam, and God blessed them. Now, blessed is not as much as an activity as it is a thing. Blessed is not as much of an activity as it is a thing. It's a thing God puts on you. Blessed means empowered to prosper. Blessed means empowered to prosper. God took the stuff that was on him and empowered Adam with it. It's called the blessing. Not a blessing. It's called the blessing. Watch this. Then Adam could do what God commanded him to do. God blessed him 
Then Adam could be fruitful. He could multiply. He could replenish the earth. He could subdue it. Watch this. The word used. So, so Adam carried that blessing and everything that he did. Here's where I want to preach to you. If you'll give me 10 minutes. All right, that was all my introduction. Here's where I want to preach to you. This is so cool. And I still got a couple of pages of notes, but I may not get them all. Watch this. The word used here in Genesis 28, the blessed word, watch this. The word used for blessed in Genesis 1 and 28 is the exact same Hebrew word used in Malachi 3. Pull up Malachi 3 and 10. Sound, guys? The word blessed in Genesis 28, 1 and 28, is the exact same Hebrew word used in Malachi 10, 3 and 10 where it says, Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Blessing there and blessing in Genesis 1 and 28 is the exact same Hebrew word. Watch this. God is saying, bring the tithe and I will put the blessing on you. What blessing? The same blessing that God put on Adam in Genesis 1. God said, when you pay your tithes, I'll put that same blessing on you. If that don't blow your mind, your, your mind's just not where it needs to be. God said, the blessing that he put on Adam... In Genesis 1 and 28, he said, if you'll just bring your tithe and offerings, I'm going to put that same blessing on you. And the blessing will be on you, and whatever you do will prosper. Wherever you go will prosper. It's the same blessing that Adam got in the garden. And God reigned on earth through Adam. Watch this, though. But when Adam sinned, he lost this divine empowerment. Then Satan began to take rulership over the earth. It tells you about that in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 talks about Satan being the god of this earth, god of this world. Watch this. When Adam lost this empowerment, Satan began to rule. Now, when the blessing was revoked, the enemy became the ruler. But something happened. Something happened right here. Right there, Malachi 3 and 10. Adam lost it. Satan tried to take over, but the tithe reinstated it. Y'all did not get that. Adam lost it. Satan began to take over, but the tithe reinstates the blessing. Now watch this. The tithe brought back the blessing that was on Adam. The tithe keeps the blessing on my life. It's never been about money. It's about the blessing. I tithe not because God wants my money. I tithe because I want the blessing. I want everything I put my hands to to prosper. I want everything that I, that I go out and do to prosper. I want every place I walk in to prosper. I want it to be blessed just because I'm there. I give tithe and offering not for money. God don't need my money. I tithe because I want the blessing. What blessing? The blessing that was on Adam in the garden. Here's where it gets tricky. The concept of work never came on the picture until Adam sinned. And we can blame it on Eve all we want to. But the reason Adam fell is because he listened to a voice other than God's. He hearkened to a voice other than God's. The concept of work never came about until Adam sinned. God had put everything Adam needed in the ground. 
Read your Bible. And God said, I'll put every herb and tree that has its seed within itself. God planted them. And he told Adam, he said, all you got to do is eat it. And he said, if you start to run out, take the seed out of what you're eating, put it back in the ground, you can grow you some more. God put everything in the ground that Adam needed. It had the seed inside itself. Adam was in a world that responded to the blessing that was on him. Oh, my God, this is so good. Adam was in a world that only responded to the blessing that was on him. But in Genesis 3 and 17, pull that up for me, guys. I know I'm working, y'all. Y'all doing a great job, though. In Genesis 3 and 17, And unto Adam he said, Lord, I told you, because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife and have had eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is what? Did God curse Adam? What did he curse? Watch this. God cursed the ground. God didn't curse Adam because he had already blessed him. You can't curse what God has blessed. Even the sorcerer Balaam went to, he was a diviner. In other words, he was spiritually corrupt. He was spiritually wicked. And he went to try to place a curse on the children of Israel. And he seen how blessed they were. And he came back and he said. I can't even curse what God has blessed. Uh, you can't curse something God has blessed. So God did not curse Adam. Because he had already blessed him. So God said I got to curse the ground. Now the ground. Because God cursed it. Had the right. To resist Adam. In the garden, Adam was in a place that responded to his blessing. But when God cursed the ground and Adam lost this empowerment, the ground had the right to resist him. You ever planted something and it didn't grow? The ground resisted you. Why? Because of this. Or because you got a black thumb. I don't know. The ground had the right to resist Adam. Watch this. Many people are frustrated and worn out and in questioning why they're always fighting. You ever talk to somebody like that? You may be saying that to yourself. Preacher, I just feel like I'm fighting all the time. I just stay worn out. I just feel like I'm just going through all the time. I just feel like I just can't seem to catch a break. You talk to 90% of people, that's what they're going to tell you right now, and especially in the body of Christ. I'm just wore out. I'm tired. I'm just sick of fighting. And it just seems like every time I turn around, there's another fight. There's another battle. And people are frustrated with that. But what we must understand is that everything around us has the power to resist us when we don't have the blessing. Man, that is so good. When that blessing is not on you, everything around you has the right to resist you. But God said if you will bring the tithe and offering... I will put that blessing on you. What happens when the blessing comes on you? That stuff loses its right to resist you. Woo! Are y'all getting this? I'm about to bust. The reason we fight so much and the reason we go through so much is because we don't have the blessing. Because we refuse to give properly. Properly is according to God's order. Mm. We want to quote the scripture. Call those things that be not as though they were. Speak to this mountain and be removed and cast into the sea. That's the power. That's the real stuff. But God said, I can't trust you with that if I can't trust you with the material stuff. Watch this. God told Adam... 
know it's past 12 o'clock. It's all right. The rapture ain't going to come back. They sang four songs today, so they took up some of my time. So <laughs> blame it on Wesley. God told Adam. God told Adam, watch this. You can eat of every tree you want in this garden except what? He said you got this entire garden. And you can eat as much as you want, how often as you want, but leave that one alone. That's mine. Are y'all tracking with me? You can eat as much as you want, as often as you want, but leave that one alone. It's mine. That's my portion. When you eat God's portion, the curse comes. In Malachi, will a man rob me? You say, how have we robbed you, Lord? He said, in tithe and offerings. You are cursed with a what? When you eat God's portion, the curse comes. When Adam and Eve eat the tree that they weren't supposed to, when they eat what God said is mine, the curse came. When you eat God's portion... The curse comes. You see, the curse is a natural part of disobedience. Obedience brings blessings. Disobedience brings cursing. God always has a portion. When he told Moses to build a tabernacle, he said you can have all of it. You can have the outer court, the inner court, the most holy place. He said, but I'm going to get over here behind this curtain on top of this ark between these two little angels and my presence is going to sit right there he said you can have all the rest of the tabernacle but this place is mine and said if you come behind this curtain you're going to die that's, God said that's my portion and if you try to take my portion you're going to die and the reason that so many people are dying economically and they're dying in things that they're, having, that they're trying to do in this world is because they are too busy taking what's God's. God said, if you take my portion, it's over. Oh, pastor, we just can't seem to get ahead. I need you to pray that the devil will get out of my finances. The devil ain't in your finances. Start being obedient to what God said to do and your finances will turn around. Sorry. Don't come to me and say pray for me because about my finances because the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and tell you now for everybody to hear, if you come to this pastor and say pray for my finances, the first thing I'm going to do is pick up the phone and say, Brother Clyde, does so-and-so pay tithes? Why would you do that, pastor? Because I can't pray against a curse. I can't pray against a curse. You knew it. You brought it on you. I'm a cop. But if you go rob Walmart, I can't keep you from going to jail. You know to pay your tithes. You don't pay your tithes. Your finances are cursed. But you want me to pray about it. Not going to happen. I will pray that God will touch your heart and that you'll start doing right. And then the curse will be lifted and the blessing will be placed on you. So if you come to me and say, Pastor, pray for my finances, I'm calling Clyde. I'm just being straight with you. Well, I don't agree with that. Well, when you pastor, you can do it the way you want to. It's the way that I do it because I can't pray against a curse when you should know what you should be doing. Pastor, pray for my marriage. Well, quit cheating on your wife. Same thing. Thank you, Angela. Can't believe I got an amen out of her. This must be good. Good. It's all downhill from now, Lord. Take me. Good Lord. She just told me I'll track with an amen. If somebody, Wesley, come on. If somebody went into God's portion, they died. Don't steal God's portion. Don't steal 
God's portion. Has this made sense to you this morning? This is stuff I've never even seen before. As the Lord laid on my heart and I did some studying and some research. Don't steal God's portion. I want the real stuff. I want the real stuff. But in order to get the real stuff, I've got to be right with my material stuff. Man, this has been so good. I'm going to give myself an offering. I'm going to get through. Bless. Did any of you in here know how powerful the tithe was? Or did you know it was powerful, but you didn't know it caused all that? I'll tell you something. Giving is the key. Giving is the key. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? If you're not, then don't cry because it ain't happening. If you don't get up and go to work, don't cry when your check is not is short. Does that make sense? If you don't work but three days out of the week, your check's going to be short. Well, I just didn't feel good on Monday. That's because you was in the club to 3.30 on Sunday. Don't steal God's portion. Because God said if you do, all throughout the scripture, God kept a portion. Twelve tribes of Israel. Eleven get land, but the Levites is mine. They're going to work for me. They're going to be here. They get the temple stuff. They get all this. Come on. All throughout the scripture, God has his portion. And when we mess with God's portion, we're inviting problems into our lives. Ushers, come. We're about to worship God right now. Ushers, come. It's not about money. God don't need your money. It's about the blessing. Do you want the blessing? Do you want the blessing? Some of you will get this and it will change your life. Some of you won't get it and you'll still live struggling and have an issue after issue after issue and everything around you will continue to resist you. Here's mine. I give it cheerfully. I give it knowing that the blessing is coming on me. God, I'm doing what you said to do. Woo! And I receive the blessing. And as you give today, and you give your tithe and your offering, just know the blessing is coming. If you hadn't been faithful in tithing, start being faithful. If you hadn't been giving, start giving. If you will heed the voice, and I say this under the anointing of God, and I don't do this a lot, but if you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord today, it will change your life. You're making the choice right now. Like I said, our church is financially secure. God's blessing it. It ain't about money. Amen. If you don't put nothing in the offering plate today, the church is going to still go on. Because God said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. I don't worry about money in the church. And go ahead and send me some more hate mail because I say this all the time. I've never once worried about paying the bills in this church. Because I said, if we do what God tells us to do, God's going to bless it. And he has. Above and beyond all we could ask or think. So send me some hate mail. That's all right. I've proved it in the last three years that God's done it. And I ain't worried about bills one time. You either do what God told you to do. Or you don't. But the results are yours. Everybody stand with me. Ushers, I want you to stay right where you're at. We're going to do it a little different today. Y'all know this is worship? This is worship. What? Because I'm doing what God told me to do. 
Some of you have stared at me like a calf at a new gate the whole time I've preached today. I was going to like that preacher talking about money. That's the problem. Because somebody didn't teach you properly about money and you're offended about money. Some, some hireling used people for money. I will never, ever, ever come to you and ask you for money. I will say, if you want a blessing, so. God didn't call me to beg for money. God didn't call me to call you and say, hey, can you, can you give $1,000? We really need it at the church. Uh-uh. I've had that happen to me. And that's very awkward. Very awkward. Don't ever do that. I will never do that. If you don't want to be blessed, don't give. That's on you. If you want to be blessed, give. That's on you. Y'all are grown. Father, I thank you that the tithe reinstates the blessing. And God, I believe as we give today and folks make that choice to not eat your portion, that everything that has resisted them loses its ability to resist them. You will rebuke the devourer and you will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. God, I believe that the blessing is going to come on some people today and that it's going to change their life. Take this offering today, God, as an act of obedience to your word. And Father, we give you all the praise in the matchless name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Would you bring your tithe and offering?